0: We had a massive reunion on the road to SummerSlam, but how is the show actually keeping up? Plus, we'll have a top five that's SummerSlam-based from 2008 on, plus all the regular shenanigans you love on the Double Turn Podcast, which starts right now. I have to tell you, for a show that decided that it was going to be a, quote, blast from the past on the road to the biggest event of the summer, I was very confused. It's the Double Turn Wrestling Podcast, Boss Ross and the J-Man. What a week of programming we just had with... Course, all the regular shows. We've got AEW news coming up. It's not really breaking news. They did announce it. There's still speculation on a name, though. I'm sure, we'll have fun with that as we go. And as sure. I teased, a top five SummerSlam related. Probably gonna have at least one more of those. We've got a jam-packed schedule coming up because, of course, this being the one of the main events. Uh, of the year for wwe it means it also coincides with the takeover which means we've got like three thousand podcasts to do before then jay what's going on brother
1: you know roswell it's been a very interesting 24 to 48 hours Um, a lot of things have happened and uh, i'm just really really not that i'm ever not happy to be in the studio with you because you know it's one of my favorite things to do in life sure but genuinely really happy to be here
0: with you tonight that's good you are you are wearing the infamous pink shirt. You know this it. Evening. No white pants tonight, man. No Jeff Jarrett. Sorry. It's okay. You uh you couldn't handle being in a stable with Jeff Jarrett anyway.
1: I don't think so. Jeff Jarrett could go ahead and handle being on a podcast with me, so there you go. J
0: E Double F J A Double R E Double T or as Vince McMahon say double fired or whatever it was called.
1: Or how about just the J Man.
0: There it is. Right here. Eight Cheap times. plugs as we get to the start of the show. <laughs> The Double Turn Podcast on Instagram. The one and only J
1: Man Nineteen on Instagram. Ross, the real boss, eighty five on Instagram. Boss Ross, TDT on Twitter.
0: Yes, boom. Uh, that I, I I told everybody I was going to be more active. I of course have lied. I I I apologize. <laughs> I uh, I I'm usually terrible with social medias unless there's a specific you purpose are, let to let it. Me tell you
1: so man, I love you. You know this. You are really crappy on IG. It's true. It's hor- I I'm in, okay, I'm going to call I you admit, out. I admit, I am horrible at it. Would you like it. to know the last time you posted a picture on your Instagram?
0: Like last week? No. Oh, a it picture was, on yeah, Instagram? Wasn't it like two days? Oh, you, like mean, April you mean my or own. It was May.
1: I think it was, you took a shot of Chase Field.
0: Okay, so in fairness, most of the stuff stories. I post is stories, yes. not to my actual page. By the way,
1: shout, real quick, um, I got you on this one. Uh-huh. Shout out to the Dodgers hosting next year's... All-star game at Dodger Stadium. Yes. Is it gonna be now is it gonna be co-hosted by the Angels and the Dodgers? Because I saw both the Angels and Dodgers logos, but it's taking place
0: it's possible. in
1: LA. That
0: Who would knows? be cool. It would
1: be cool if they did. That's fine with me.
0: Uh, it's a good thing we don't have uh the World Series being decided uh via the All-Star Game hosting. Oh
1: my gosh, right? Thank right. God, that was one
0: of the dumbest ideas ever. It's true. We are a wrestling podcast, of course. We have an abridged news section this week. I am gonna have a G1 update. As uh, I started it last week, I was going to do it the week before, so I'm going to continue it this week. Go for it. Uh, but I first, like, we're, we're actually just going to probably just get a lot of the small bits done because we don't have a lot. We're, we are going to have three count. We are going to have match segment show of the week, as we usually do. And then, like I said, we have top five of the best SummerSlam matches of the last decade, which means we are going back to 2008 because 2019 has not happened so for those of you that are counting, it goes from 08 to 18. There were some good matches before 08. In for fact, sure. there were some really good pay-per-views before 08. And then SummerSlam kind of had a lull for a while, mm-hmm. which is kind of been the theme of them rebranding SummerSlam. I think
1: they've done a really good job of that, by the way.
0: They have. Uh, you and I had a, had a discussion in the elevator getting up here as to when they've really emphasized SummerSlam as being a big pay-per-view again. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the decline of Survivor Series, with the rise of Money in the Bank.
1: With the consistency of the Royal Rumble.
0: And, of course, with WrestleMania still being the uh, showcase of the Immortals and still the entertainment pay-per-view of the year. It's not always the best pay-per-view of the year, as it's been proven by several years in a row now, Mm -hmm. of it not being the best show of the year. It's still the entertainment show of the year. It's still the mecca for WWE. It's still... Uh, the event that everybody travels to uh, most when it comes to the big pay-per-views. Absolutely,
1: but I will go ahead and say this, and I know you will go ahead and vouch for me on this one. Mm -hmm. SummerSlam last year is what brought you you back from your sabbatical. For those of you who don't know, Ross took a 31 to 32-day sabbatical from Money in the Bank last year up until... SummerSlam. SummerSlam was what made him say, "Okay, I'm back to watching." He was very upset after the events of of Money in the Bank with Strowman winning Money in the Bank with Bliss winning Money in the Bank. Uh, there was a couple of other situations that within that pay per view that really irked
0: you. Can't believe that was a year ago. Yes, it
1: was. Yes, it was. And then you didn't watch Extreme Rules, so you missed the classic between Rusev and AJ Styles. Yes, that is an underrated gem, which ten years from now we will go ahead and put into the repertoire of the things that AJ Styles <laughs> has been able to do as the best restaurant on the planet over the last six years. Father yes. at your boy. But, yeah, SummerSlam has been treated as such a big deal that that is what brought you back to watching after a 30-some-odd-day sabbatical, which I thought, which, by the way, yours truly kept you completely updated every single week. You're welcome for that. And... Uh, so yeah, I think SummerSlam has really really turned a corner. But uh, let's uh, before we get into SummerSlam, before we get into Three Count and sec- match segment show. News. Luis, let's do news. Big news this morning. Massive news this morning. Irritating as hell news this morning. Jimmy <laughs> Uso got arrested for a DUI in Florida.
0: True story. Again,
1: I mean, okay, so we talked about this back in February, I think it was the week before the Elimination Chamber, Jimmy Uso got arrested for squaring up, quote unquote, on a police officer in downtown Detroit when Naomi was driving, Naomi went ahead instead on camera that Jimmy, aka Jonathan Fatou, was intoxicated, and there was body camera footage release of him not squaring up with the police, but him being a little bit more aggressive, taking off his shirt while definitely being intoxicated. He was, ch- was put in jail. He was released on bond, yada, yada, yada. Fast forward to July the 25th, mm-hmm. which has been just a tick over five months. I posted this on Instagram this morning because I was genuinely irritated. I will go ahead and just say this. Because it's our podcast and we can go ahead and be unfiltered as many times as we want to, as, not, as long as we're not crossing boundaries. Jimmy Uso, what you did was really dumb. Really, really, really dumb. Say it with me. How? What does Stephen A. Smith always say? Stay.
0: That was so, an awful I, impersonation I of Stephen A. Smith. I Seriously, a never bubble. do that again. I'm not planning ever. on it. Ever.
1: But stop drinking and driving. Stop drinking and driving. It is illegal. It is... Du- it is it's, it's, it's actually... It is retarded. I'm going to say it. It is stupid and retarded, and it should never be done. WWE wrestlers have to drive from town to town when they're within a state. I know this because we are from Tucson, and so... When they have a show in Phoenix for Raw, the guys and gals will drive from, to, from Phoenix to Tucson for SmackDown and vice versa. If there is a show in Los Angeles and they have to travel down to San Diego, they will drive from LA to San Diego. That is how they go about their business. Which means, Roswell, which you can vouch for me on this, they are carpooling together. We know this because we watch ride along on the WWE Network. Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville they ride together. Gallows Andersons Gallows Anderson and Styles they ride together. Yes. And guess who else rides together? Either Naomi and Jimmy or Jay and Jimmy. So if so, Jimmy, if you're driving and you are intoxicated, that means that your twin brother or your wife or both are in the vehicle with you.
0: So what you're saying is that uh, they need a Triple H to ride with them, somebody that's uh, sober all the time.
1: Somebody that's sober all the time. Get Shawn Michaels in the car with them. Get CM Punk rehired into World Wrestling Entertainment so he can make sure that Jimmy Uso stays off the alcohol.
0: Well, I'm just saying because when when the click was around— He was
1: the only one that was sober.
0: Right. He was basically the designated driver because that was the thing. Yeah, because
1: Kevin Nash used to drink— used to drink used to drink
0: nash hall waltman michaels all those yeah, guys all used them. to get they pretty would, messed up they yeah. would
1: get messed mm-hmm. up they've admitted this on multiple occasions True so story. jimmy if you want to continue to drink that's cool brother make sure that you've got somebody driving for you make sure naomi stays sober she can so she can drive for you or mm-hmm. jay or somebody rikishi hell call roman somebody jimmy uso gets arrested has a thousand dollars bond He's is. still sitting in jail in Pensacola. We have a birthday this week. Shout out to Finn. Finn Balor turned, I believe, I want to say 35. Let me go ahead and check that. But yeah, he's getting it up is, there in age. Yeah, he's he's getting up there. He's not as old as um, he's not as old as AJ, but uh, he's definitely getting up there. I will go ahead and confirm that age here. Um, shout out to my guy. He's also dating this uh this young lady. Um, which, there are reports that they may be engaged. We'll, I don't know how accurate that is, but uh, if it is, shout out to my boy Finn, but I'm sorry, Finn turned 38, Demon King, um, has a match with Bray Wyatt at SummerSlam this upcoming in about three weeks, uh, we reported last week Balor is set to go ahead and take some time off, so I think he's probably going to be written off of WWE television after SummerSlam, if... He actually loses to Bray, which would probably make sense. But that being said, yeah, shout out Yeah, I'm pretty sure to-
0: I'd be upset if The Fiend lost his first match.
1: I agreed. It would mm-hmm. be stupid. It would be really stupid. But yes. that being said, shout out to Finn, one of the best wrestlers on the planet. That's not an exaggeration. He is fantastic. Uh, when he comes back after that two-month layoff, mm-hmm. have him come back to the OC. I've been saying it. You've been saying it. Everybody's been saying it. Finn, AJ, Gallows, Anderson, doesn't get much better than that.
0: I really do love their new shirts.
1: They are fire.
0: I have already ordered one, actually. I know you
1: have. You texted me that.
0: I I, I believe they actually don't officially go on sale until the 6th. For those of you that were looking at the uh, the shirts that uh, Gallows Anderson and AJ were wearing on television this week, uh, they look awesome. They Let's look just put it that way. fire. Yes. Yeah. I will tell you that the WWE uh, merch, they go through these periods— Where legitimately- Some of their shirts suck. Every No, like everything they put out sucks.
1: Yeah, like right now, okay, I'm going to go ahead and give a plug to the WWE merch store real quick. But right now they're having a sale for $12 shirts. The problem is all those $12 shirts suck. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only problem. Like I've had, so I bought the Royal Rumble shirt that has the cacti Mm -hmm. because obviously the Royal Rumble was here in Phoenix back in January. And I was thinking, oh, man, I'm going to get the special on this shirt. Nope. Because that was the good shirt, I had to go ahead and pay the good old 30 bucks plus shipping and handling. Mind you, may I ask you a quick question? I don't mean to go off on a tangent, mm-hmm. and I won't, but I'm just going to ask you this question. Mm-hmm. Why the hell should I be paying for shipping and handling on a cotton T-shirt? What the hell is it to Because they're handle?
0: shipping it from their distribution center?
1: Shipping makes sense. Don't call it shipping and handling, though. There's nothing to handle. It's a cotton shirt. Mm-hmm. It's stupid. Change well, the wording.
0: Well, shipping and handling is I, the term.
1: I understand. But okay. when you're sending me a shirt, don't call it handling. Just say shipping.
0: But they're handling it to their through their distribution it's center. It's a
1: cotton t-shirt. Yeah.
0: So, so, so if you're saying you order a pin, that doesn't count either?
1: Can you just give us an update on G1?
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> I'm just mad. I had to pay $29 for that sick-ass shirt, and you probably had to go ahead and pay a good chunk of money well, for the cool you, OC shirt.
0: You are also paying... For the convenience of ordering it online,
1: fair because they don't always come down to Phoenix or Tucson. You're right. Yeah, yes. so there's okay. the handling process there F- too. Okay, fine. You win, Ross. Does that make you feel better?
0: No, actually, it <laughs> doesn't. Because I, I'd already won before you admitted that I that I won, so that doesn't matter.
1: Okay, you know what? Real quick, real quick. You didn't win last week's argument. <laughs> I did. Go win, ahead. Though. Go ahead and talk about G one. Let's talk about okay. it. I'm going to look cause you you've had some great in you've gra- you, excuse me you have had some great insight on this. Uh,
0: yes. All I'm going to tell you is my tweener's argument. I won. <sighs> Two words. Becky
1: Lynch. Two anyway, words. Suck it.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> your boy Triple H right there. Shout out to Seth Rollins getting the suck it this week. Okay. I get why they did that because Billy Gunn works for the competition.
1: Well, not just that. That was definitely more of the uh Seth Rollins getting put over by Triple H cuz he is trip he is the number 1 Triple H guy in the company. But yeah, I get you.
0: I understand that. I just it's the whole like sometimes the club are cool with them and sometimes they're not cuz they do the whole too sweet thing and it 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 anyway. It's like oh, well, for the 25th anniversary show, we're going to beat up the Revival 11 on 2, and we're going to get over. And then, oh, yeah, we're just going to have Seth Rollins do it because, Billy. like, did we have to see DX and the NWO in the reunion? I'll get there. I'll get there. G1, since the last time we talked about this, they've had, uh, let's see, is it three days of competition? Yes, they have. They've had three days of competition. Uh, it was two B blocks and one A block. Here's what I will tell you. If you have been unable to watch this tournament, which I've been able to un- to not watch most of it, unfortunately, uh, because unfortunately New Japan is hard to follow sometimes. But you get clips of it on the internet, and you know people will post stuff up, or you read stuff about it, and you catch you know you catch bits and pieces of it, which is essentially how I've been following New Japan. Uh, Takagi and Cobb. Actually, I don't want to read through all of these. Essentially, um, the the B block was featured twice since the last time we spoke. John Moxley is at the top of the leaderboard for the B block. Juice Robinson, who uh, he and Moxley had a very good match with, is uh, right below him. And then there's again a log and, jam on the B uh, side. Forgive so. me, uh,
1: Juice Robinson was the person that uh, Moxley won the U.S. title from. That's I, correct. Okay, cool. Just want to check. That's
0: that's correct. Uh, so um Ishii had uh, had a great match against Moxley. Um that was on Friday, actually. Last time we spoke was Thursday. Uh I told you that if you got a chance to watch Moxley and Ishii, and that was even before the match happened. Um you very cool. Here's something else I do wanna point out, and actually that's the main reason I was doing this. So we've had lots of wrestling tournaments. Yeah. Where there's just shenanigans everywhere. Yes, like, King of the Ring, like false finishes, bad finishes. Let me tell you something: of the fifteen matches that have happened in the three days, all but two of them that's a, that's finished a- with a pinfall. Yep, that's that sounds now, that sounds good. Now, one of them finished via submission. Okay. And there was one that, that finished via countout.
1: That's fine.
0: And by the way, the one that had countout, if you win by countout, you get zero points. Because okay. it's not a win. It's true. not a submission or a pinfall. It's true. Which is why Zack Sabre Jr. still has zero points. So he won
1: the match, but he won it via countout? That's
0: correct. Got it. That's okay. correct. So the A block side, we still have Kenta and Okada at the top of that with eight points apiece. That's pretty good. And then, of course, Moxley has eight points. So... Uh, because I, I guess have not explained this, how the G one works is it's a round Robin through your block and then, excuse me. And then at the end of it, right? So if you, if, if there's a tiebreaker, it's head to head. So if the two people at the top are tied in points, whoever won the head to head advances. Fair enough. So the winner of the a block or the person in first in the a block faces the person at top of the B block. Okay. They have a match. Yeah. And that's your winner. That's it.
1: And there is no second, third place. It's just the winner.
0: That's correct. Yeah. So there's no, actually, I don't know. R- remind I think me they really do get a trophy, actually.
1: I think they do as well. Yes. If, uh, remind me really quickly, Ross, uh, the Cruiserweight Classic, was it uh, round robin style as well until they got into the semis? Or was it just uh, It was a No, bracket? I believe it was it just, a, was just bracket. a bracket. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to check.
0: Correct. Which is how the breakout tournament which, is going, to Which, too.
1: by the way, doesn't make it any less cooler. I mean, the Cruiserweight Classic will forever be remembered as one of the better wrestling tournaments WWE has ever put on.
0: Um, The only thing... Oh, I can't believe I'm even going to give this credit. Yeah. The only tournament recently besides the G1 that has tried to do Round Robin was the tournament that TNA tried to do. Okay. Which was the... Uh, why am I forgetting the name of it? Where you basically had, like, a round robin. Like, you were supposed to face everybody, but then they got in the weeds because, like, AJ Styles had three matches in a row and, like, Scott Steiner had, like, five matches total. It was dumb. If they would have actually just followed through with it, it might have been fine. But I think they, like, lost track and just gave up, which sucks. And then they just figured out their main events. This tournament, as far as I know, is not necessarily uh, attached to a title shot, even though that would be nice if it would. Yeah, I always thought that's how King of the Ring should have worked. Which was not always the case, unfortunately. And, and remind
1: me who's currently the NJT NJPW World Heavyweight Champion?
0: The IWGP Heavyweight Champion. I'm sorry, that's
1: what I meant to say. Presently, IWGP. yeah,
0: is Okada.
1: It is Okada, and he's still fighting in the tournament. That's very interesting. Uh,
0: okay. Naito is the Intercontinental Champion. Yes, because he won it back from all uh, the. Osprey is the Junior Heavyweight Champion,
1: and he's also the British. Ch- British champion if I'm not mistaken.
0: And then uh Ishii is no, the is the never open weight champion and then Moxley is the IWGP United US States champion. champion yeah,
1: and I'm sorry. Um Zack Sabre Jr is the British heavyweight champion, not Will Ospreay. I apologize. There you go. Yeah, got that confused.
0: Uh so that is your uh that's your quick update. Again, it is uh, Kenta and Okada at the top there. I have a feeling that's going to be a uh, theme yeah. for the A block. Is that we're going to see uh, Kenta and Okada, which I believe Russell later in the tournament. That should be fired. They've kind of built that up as yeah. we go.
1: That's a big. That's going to be a big match.
0: And uh, B block's been a logjam, so we may see uh, Moxley near the top for a while. Uh, but again, I mean, he's he's got a pretty deep rack. I mean, Naito's still around there. Ishii Robinson. Yeah. So actually, I think. Uh, Either either Moxley and Robinson wrestled early, or they're wrestling late. Let me ask you. A I question. forget which one it is.
1: When is the G one set to end? Because I'm just curious. Because one, our last piece of news is the fact that AEW's premiere date will be Wednesday, October the second. They yes. will be live from Capital One Arena in Washington, D.C. For those of you who don't know, that is the home of the Washington Wizards.
0: Uh, It lasts till August the 12th.
1: Okay, fair enough. So if Moxley were to win, it should not coincide with his status with All Elite Wrestling by the time that the first show airs. And
0: remember, he had to wrestle in the B Block because Because, he could not wrestle stateside. That's
1: correct, because of his contract with AEW. That's
0: correct. Yes. Which, that that was the deal that they struck for him to do this, but still honor his AEW contract. Which is
1: awesome. And that's completely fair. That is completely fair.
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, For those of you that have been wondering uh, for an impact update, I promise to give you one soon. Um, Basically, what I will tell you is that uh, I believe they're looking for another network again again, because essentially what they've discovered is that now that AEW is getting this big contract, um, they essentially have to compete with. Ring of Honor and some of these other smaller groups to get a more ancillary TV deal. So there are no real specifics yet, but because AEW and WWE have their big deals that they have, obviously with Fox and with Turner.
1: With USA Network.
0: Well, no, I'm saying Fox is the new one, and then AEW is getting them with Turner.
1: By the way, for those of you who are wondering, yes, All Elite Wrestling is debuting The same week that World Wrestling Entertainment is moving SmackDown to Fox. That week, Ross, it's not an exaggeration what I'm about to say. That is going to be one of the, if not the biggest week in professional wrestling TV history. That week is going to be huge. Turner going all out. Mind you, that'll be in the middle of preseason NBA and then Fox will already have football going on, and then SmackDown's going to be on Fridays. Man, oh man, is that week
0: going to be nutty. And we'll have it all for you right here on the Double Turn Podcast, baby. Yeah, so, and, and by the way, that's that's the other thing. It's not because I believe I've been a little more cynical is not the right word, but I will use cynical. Okay, I've been a little more reserved in my excitement for AEW probably more so than you okay. or a lot of other people not saying you've been like over the moon excited and I've not been excited at all
1: no I, I think on your on the contrary I think you have been excited
0: and we are excited for it yeah. because it's going to give us something else to talk about yes but realistically we've just kind of been waiting until essentially October
1: I know we're kind of in a waiting game
0: and again, that's not saying we're on like cruise control when it comes to this show or the fact that it's just WWE. It's just a matter of, by the way, um, that first building that they're in. Yeah. Um,
1: it's one of WCW's old houses.
0: So uh, is that the old MCI Center? Yeah, the old they, Verizon were, Center. Yep. Where they would have uh, Starcades every year? Uh,
1: yes. Yeah. Yes.
0: That's- so that is a 14,000-seat arena.
1: Is it really? I thought it was a little bit bigger than that. I thought Washington put a little bit more it. So
0: here's, here's what I'll tell you. Yeah. I have a feeling, since it's the first show, they'll sell it out. For sure. I will tell you now, they've got to be careful about booking that big of events weekly.
1: I see what you mean. Like,
0: the first show, it's brand new... Whatever they call it, you know. It's like
1: if WCW would have had their very first Money Nitro at the Georgia Dome.
0: That would have been horrible.
1: They probably would have because, sold it now,
0: out. Now, they did it at the Mall of America, which was different. Right. And they had a nice crowd, but you have to build up to the big crowds. Absolutely. Like that venue they just did with that pay-per-view they just had. At the MGM? Uh, at uh, no, Fight for the
1: Fallen. It, yes. yeah, you know, that little, uh, like, 5,000-seat mm-hmm. arena. Right. Yeah.
0: That's okay. That's different enough and they can easily fill something like that Mm -hmm. now i'm not saying they need to pull an impact zone where they do weekly where it's you know three thousand people people. yeah
1: oh okay or or not saying full sale
0: full sale holds
1: like 1200 people
0: right so what i'm saying is they can build up to the bigger events and special events like this first show ever they can they can put they can cover oh absolutely but they've just got to start small yeah, and just build up. That's all. I see what you mean. Don't
1: automatically hit up the major arenas. Like, don't go to Chicago and try and go ahead and book the uh, United Center, or don't go to don't go to L.A. and try and book the Staples Center every single time
0: you're going to it.
1: I see what you mean. Yeah. Don't go to New York City and try to book the try to book the
0: Garden. A- exactly. Yeah. AEW. Don't go to New York and be like, so we're gonna book the Garden and Barclays back to back nights. No. No, don't do that. It's not going
1: to happen. You're not going to go ahead and fill up half the arena.
0: No. And by the way, that's not saying AEW can't eventually do that. They will, though. They They just have to build their audience because, by the way, there there are a group of wrestling fans. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, no, no. It's okay. There are a group of wrestling fans. WWE is all they know. Yeah. World Wrestling Federation's
1: first ever Monday Night Raw. Mhm. Wasn't it at the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City? Oh lord. I'm pretty sure it was. No, I'm sorry, Ross. It was the Manhattan the Manhattan Center. That's what it was. That's that's why uh, the Manhattan Center was the second location of last year's Raw 25. It was the it was the Manhattan Center. That's what it was. Which is a venue of like 2,000 people. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, th- uh, hey, listen. Oh my gosh, what am I trying to say? I'll tell you what I'm trying to say. Capital One Arena is... In D.C., the home of the Wizards, that being the first show, totally okay with that. Right. They're going to sell it out, no problem. And let me tell you something. It's going to be a great show. All I'm saying is that that week of wrestling might be one of the most important in the history of the last 20 years. Because somebody is coming in to the with the influx of what Vince McMahon can do for WWE. Potentially, that's what Mr. Khan can do for AEW. Um And it's going to be really intense because they are directly, not only are they directly competing with SmackDown's move to Fox that week, but if they're on Wednesday, which is I believe the accurate assumption that they are going to be airing on Wednesday, Mm -hmm. NXT directly is on Wednesdays. And if NXT gets on to Fox Sports 1, like all the reports are saying and moves from the WWE network, Mm -hmm. that is direct competition right there. And it will be very, very interesting. I'm
0: actually surprised they're going Wednesdays.
1: Who, AEW? Yes. Inter- what, what day would you think? Thursday. Well, here's the problem with that. They can't do Thursday because if they're going to be on TNT, that means that you get into the same thing. I mean, NBA on TNT is on Thursday night, so they can't do that.
0: Well, they're not going to do Monday.
1: They're not going to do Monday. They're not going to do—
0: And they're not going do- to— well, Okay, do- they- is 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 uh, is SmackDown on Fox changing days? Yes, it's changing to Fridays. Then why don't they just do Tuesday?
1: Because uh, there are days that sometimes, because well, first of all, the NBA season starts on a Tuesday. Because
0: I thought TNT did games on Wednesdays, too.
1: No, they do. Uh, ESPN does the games on Wednesdays.
0: Remember the old commercial? Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yes, I do. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I miss those commercials, good by stuff. the way. It's good mm-hmm. stuff. With, uh, with uh, my boy, Diva Divac, it's on the piano. It's hilarious. <laughs> Ray Allen with the saxophone.
1: Oh, yeah. Good old Ray Allen. Or,
0: or as I'll forever call him, Vlade Divac. Vlade Divac. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, Horrible but, owner for the Kings. I feel bad for them.
1: All good. But I was going to say, so no, it's okay. So the NBA season starts on TNT every year, and their first ever game, or I'm sorry, not their first ever game, but their first game is on a Tuesday night. Okay. The NBA season always starts on a Tuesday night. Um, so their only logical thing that they could have done was either put AEW show on Wednesday or do it on a Thursday. Or I'm sorry, do it on a Friday. Because, again, Thursday night is the main night for NBA on TNT. So okay. they're definitely not going to go ahead and put it there. Unless it was not live and they did it after the game.
0: Right? So what you're saying is they need to immediately slot themselves on TBS and go Thunder style.
1: Yes. That's exactly what I'm saying. That'd, that'd, that'd be a horrible that's decision. That's the stupidest decision I've ever, <laughs> I've ever, I've ever made. Um, but that being said, uh, unless you have anything else for
0: news. Three count time.
1: May I? I'll
0: uh, go ahead. AirBot is
1: down for the three count. Yeah.
0: I can't get you out of my heart. I knew we were in trouble right from the start. Uh-huh. You should have played it smart. <laughs> no, I can't get you out of my heart. I hate out three count. <laughs> I hate three count. Three count, baby.
1: Get in there. Evan
0: Courageous, Shannon Moore, and uh, Shane Helps. Featuring Ross the Boss and the J-Man. And uh, Tank Abbott, randomly. Ah,
1: uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, my god. The Pit Fighter, Tank Good Abbott. Lord.
0: Uh, So for those of you that were wondering, uh, three count, uh, just like in a wrestling match, one, two, three. J-Man and I talk about the three most important things in the wrestling business. Yes, we do talk a lot of WWE, as we prefaced with the last five-minute conversation. AEW will be showing up a lot more on this show, specifically in the next couple months For when sure. they have regular TV.
1: Yes, and All Out will go ahead and be here in about a month and a half's time.
0: Yes. Yeah. And once, you know, everybody gets ingratiated with their talent and their TV and their storylines and all that fun stuff. So, uh, again, like a wrestling count, one, two, three. That's the order we go in. There
1: is no kickouts.
0: It's true. There is no John Cena kickout. One, two, two. John Cohn <laughs> slicked back the hair, <laughs> oh, even though yeah. he doesn't do that anymore. Get in there because he cut it. What a- yes,
1: By the way, Nicholas was on Monday Night Raw at the Raw Reunion.
0: Okay, okay. (laughs) Now, I was very tempted, very tempted to just do a fast count, Nick Patrick style. Okay. One, two, three. And just talk about the Raw Reunion show and how incredibly annoying that show was. So- I'll just do the cool thing and just say, all right, here's my official one count. Raw reunion absolutely sucked. Okay. When you tell me on your television that you're going to bring back, quote unquote, legends. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Now, they put up the poster with all the legends. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You've got Hulk Hogan. Yeah, you've got DX. You've got Stone you've, Cold. You've got Stone Cold Flair.
1: You name it; they were there. They Lord, were there, except by the way, I was genuinely shocked, but pleasantly surprised that, uh, to, see, that, uh, to see John Cena.
0: Yes, so it was by, awesome. So I had a feeling Big John was going to be there. He was there. Yes, he was. The Rock was not. No,
1: he's in the middle of. Uh, but that's fine. Yeah, he's doing. He's doing his uh, global uh, All right. press tour for so, Hobbs and Shaw. So sorry.
0: In the list of. Legends was current WWE superstar Alicia Fox. <laughs> <laughs> now, I appreciate nostalgia. Yes, you do, okay? I think we all do. as we all do at some level, okay? I will even forgive the end of the show. You want to do the thing with Austin and everybody drinking in the ring? Fine. Fine. Caps off the night. It's three-hour show, right? So you would think in a three-hour show, right, three hours, they would not shoehorn every legend into a three-hour thing with little to no purpose. I'll give you a perfect example. All right, so on the stage, we have Rob Van Dam. We have Kurt Angle. We have the Hurricane And the fourth member, I'm completely forgetting right now. Sergeant Slaughter. There you go. Okay. So, all four of these men were advertised to be on the show. Why were they all on the stage all at one time, mind you? I don't know. Because we had to get everybody on the show. You know what this reminded me of? This reminded me of TNA circa 2006, where, oh yeah, they went from an hour to two hours So instead of a 42-minute show where you had to shove 50 guys on one show, now you had two hours to shove 50 guys on the show in which you just put them on TV for no reason. So instead of having a regular Raw show with cool Now, was there cool stuff on the show? Yes, there was. But for the most part, like 80% of the people that showed up, I didn't need to see, right? The thing at the end, Stone Cold... Hogan, like that type of stuff, that was cool. Mm-hmm. The Ted DiBiase stuff, that was funny, right? Yeah.
1: Kelly S- Kelly winning the 24-7 title right. was actually very funny. By fun. the
0: way, apparently now we've set a precedent, which actually, you know what? I I need to save this. I will save it. I will get to the 24-7 title okay. in a moment. Here are my final words on this because I could rant on and on and on about this. Yeah. If you are going to do a show like this, and you're going to invite all these people back. Yeah. Have it be for a purpose and not just to shove nostalgia down our collective throats. There was one good wrestling match on a three hour raw this week. Do you know how many actual matches that were not twenty four seven title related were on that show?
1: Uh, honestly, I, I'm going to say it was this is gonna be a really rough answer. I want to say it was less than three. It
0: was four. Four?
1: Okay, because it was Roman and Joe.
0: The opening tag match. Uh, that's right. And then the the there Usos were basically the, two squash the, matches.
1: Right. Yeah. Strowman versus, uh, versus uh, local competitor. And yep. Then S- and the Viking Sam- Raiders versus... Oh, oh no, Sa- Sammy, you're right. There were five. Yeah, so Sammy and Ray, and then the Viking Raiders versus local... Uh, versus, I'm sorry, not local competitors. They Zach,
0: Zach Ryder and Kurt. Hobbs. Well, they might as be they, they might as well be local competitors. Oh, don't okay, get me started. So, so we had two squash matches, yeah. a singles match. I don't even remember Joe and Roman and the opening tag. Yep. In amongst that was twenty four seven shenanigans mm-hmm. and forced nostalgia. Uh,
1: except for Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt and McFoley, but it was still McFoley
0: again. Yeah. Could Go we on. have done this show after SummerSlam? I know. No, I'm. Could we have done this as a network special?
1: That probably. By the way, speaking of uh, a network special, Smackville in a couple of weeks.
0: Great. Take it for what it is. Great. That's my one.
1: Ross, I really wish you would have saved this for later because my one is kind of exactly like yours and I can't really change it. So I just kind of got to go with it. (sighs) Ross, well, I think you know my thoughts on who the greatest wrestler of all time is. And no, it is not my boy, Triple H.
0: He's wait, 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 wait! hold on. Wait, what? Are you are you admitting that you don't think the greatest wrestler alive is your boy, Triple H? I've never said he is. Hey, you and Flair would have been on the same page in 02. You would have been like, ooh, Triple H, best wrestler on the planet. That would have been you. You would have been a shill for Triple H. You would have said he was the greatest wrestler alive. You would have endorsed his purple pants. You would have endorsed those weird, like, jean short things, but they went past his knees, so he was really wearing wrestling capris at that point. (laughs) You would have endorsed him, and you would have told him to keep that weird handlebar beard.
1: That handlebar, okay, first of all, that was 2006. Second of all, that was fire. Third of all, may I tell you that Stone Cold Steve Austin is the greatest of all time. That's the point that I'm trying to make. Thank you.
0: I'm 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 absolutely flabbergasted that you didn't say Ric Flair or no. your boy Triple H.
1: No, I've told you from the very beginning that Ric Flair is not the greatest wrestler of all time.
0: You're right. I would have expected you to say Simon Dean. You're
1: Jeez. right. Anywho, as we <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin is the greatest Go. of all time. Yes, but here's I got a major beef with this. Okay, first of all, let me be the first one to say it is always. Always, not just a treat, not just a pleasure, but an honor. It truly is an honor to go ahead and see Stone Cold grace our television sets. Anytime. Okay? He's the greatest of all time. He gets the biggest pops ever, along with The Rock. He's awesome. And he, by the way, he's, what is he, 54? Mm -hmm. And he cuts some of the most fire promos you'll ever hear at this age. You know, and he's not even anywhere close to his prime anymore. My... My thing is the closing of the show, Ross. You say you didn't mind it. I minded it very much. There wasn't a single current competitor up on that platform. Why? I get it. It's Raw Reunion. Don't you think that the closing of the show should still have to do with the current generation of the Monday Night Raw superstars or shouldn't it go ahead and still be having to do with one of your main storylines that are going into SummerSlam or if you really want Stone Cold Steve Austin to close out the show which I have no issue with whatsoever because again for the fourth time in a row Stone Cold is the greatest of all time but at least include one of your bigger baby faces and intertwine him with a st- in a storyline and make it a moment, just the same way that you did DX with Seth Rollins earlier in the evening. Don't you think that that is something that would be logical to do? Not have Stone Cold bashing beers with Lillian Garcia and the Boogeyman for goodness gracious!
0: But that's what I'm saying. It, it was it was forced nostalgia.
1: What no, I don't, but I don't mind forced nostalgia. If you want to go ahead and have Stone Cold open the show, fine. Because it's the opening of the show, but this is the last segment of the show. That honor should still be reserved for one of the bigger superstars on the Monday night or just World Wrestling Entertainment roster. So what does that tell you? That means that it was bull.
0: It tells you that, that they
1: don't trust they don't they still don't trust
0: Rollins. They still don't trust Roman. No. They
1: don't trust any of these. Time guys. out.
0: What it means is we have a fan base that they take this more seriously than the current product. Which is
1: stupid. Which is stupid because, because WWE as a whole has the most athletic and most talented roster genuinely from a wrestling standpoint that they have ever had. Yes, that means they are better than the Attitude Era roster. Yes, that means that they are better than the Ruthless Aggression roster. Mm-hmm. That means that they are better than the roster that employed Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart and Diesel and Razor Ramon at the very beginning in the 80s. And then Andre and Hulk and Macho Man and... Uh, um, and Paul Orndorff, and um, Roddy Roddy Piper, everybody. Mm -hmm. This roster they have is better than all of those. Mm -hmm. Why can't you trust them? Why can't you give them the platform? Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are are cutting the promos of their lives because nobody else in the back is writing their crap for them.
0: This is what happens when you don't build stars. So you have to bring stars back from 20 years ago. Which is so
1: stupid because it's like, they don't want anybody to become bigger than the company. Nope. So basically you're mad at The Rock because he became bigger than you and he left you to go
0: ahead and do something else. But that's been a but that's been a trend of this company for a long it's time. It's a stupid ass because trend. because by the way, um Hulk Hogan became bigger than the wrestling. Yes, business. he did.
1: Stone Cold Steve Austin became bigger than the company. Triple H became bigger than the company at one point.
0: Just telling Triple you how H it is. is
1: the company, by the way. Shout out to my boy Triple H as much, you know, it's just the god-honest truth. And guess what? Cena has become now bigger than the WWE.
0: All right. It's two count time. I'm sorry. Thank you for letting me go on. No, that. you're fine. It's two count time. All right. So I understand that the 24-7 hardcore title <laughs> did have women win the belt. I like how you added the hardcore in there. I, it's it's what it was. No, I'm with right? you. I'm with you. Yeah. I believe Molly Holly won the hardcore title at one point. She did. I believe one of the Godfather's hoes <laughs> won the 24/7 title. No, that's not me using a derogatory term. That's, that's just, what it's called. Yeah. That's 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 what she was
1: billed as as winning the hardcore title. By the way, if I'm not mistaken, it was you who sent me the slobbery face emoji
0: after you saw uh, Charlie Caruso do the dance with the Godfather. It was quite funny, actually. <laughs> Again. Like, timed stuff like that is cool. The DiBiase thing, buying the title from Medusa, that's cool. I'm sorry, Alundra Blaze, sorry. Alundra
1: Blaze throwing it almost in the trash was so stupid.
0: Right, but again, nostalgia. Plus, that's like, honestly, that's her most infamous moment. Other than, well, there are other things, but, you know. Being in the WCW World title tournament twice, um, you know, there are other things that she obtained
1: well, she's yeah. also the woman, the, the woman who really got the women uh, involved in world wrestling. And, uh, sorry, anyway,
0: wrestling, yeah. so uh, Kelly Kelly came back. She won the 24-7 title. Alundra Blaze won the 24-7 title. Can I ask a very Candace real- Candice
1: Michelle also won the 24-7 can
0: title. I, can I ask a real question? You may. Why has Carmella not tried to pin R-Truth yet? You know- Because if they're now setting the precedent that Oh, by the way, uh, Pat Patterson won the twenty four seven title, which is a nice callback to when he and Briscoe fought for the hardcore title. I that think unfortunately, Briscoe
1: won, win it on twenty. 20- I believe so. Yeah, he did. That was
0: that was a, that was a horrendous well, not a horrendous callback, but a callback to a horrendous time of one of the worst matches ever, which was uh, Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe in the evening gown match.
1: Shout out the, to the Attitude for era.
0: the for the hardcore title. Good times.
1: So anyways, back to your original question of why hasn't Carmella tried to pin our truth I
0: understand that what they're trying to do with the 24-7 title, it's a gimmick. You could say all of the belts are gimmicks. You could make that argument. So if you're telling me the title is anything can happen at any time, anywhere, right? We just had a Raw reunion show, Right. Why are you having random geeks win your belt? Let me ask you a question, right? And I'm pretty sure I know what the answer is going to be, right? Uh, Why hasn't somebody in, like, okay, why has Michael Cole not tried to win the 24-7 title?
1: That's a great question.
0: Why has John Cone, the referee, not tried to win the 24-7 title? Nicholas. Okay, but then at a deeper thing, why hasn't Braun Strowman tried to win the 24-7 title? Roman. Why hasn't Roman? Why hasn't Brock Lesnar? Why hasn't Paul Heyman? Why hasn't Seth Rollins? Because what they're telling you is if you're at a certain level, it doesn't matter. So instead of saying, well, anything can happen at any point, we're just going to say, well, here's the mid card, and here's anybody that we really don't have any plans for and let's just do something with them. That's a problem that devalues what you're trying to do. It Uh, also devalues everybody that's associated with it. I'm going to give you a perfect example of everything that you're just saying. A
1: couple of years ago when Roman Reigns was the United States champion, uh, he was in this feud with uh, Kevin Owens for the universal title. And uh, Sami Zayn was talking about like, he's in in a promo with Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns and... Um, he's asking for help and blah, blah, blah. And even though he's the U.S. champion and Sami Zayn is bringing up something about the U.S. championship, Roman Reigns' response to him is like, nah, I'm sorry, I don't have enough time. I'm concentrating on my universal title match with Kevin Owens. Even though he is the United States champion and if you're carrying that title, your number one priority is that.
0: Gotcha. So that was my semi-rant of I'm still convinced that this title is going to be iced very soon. It's a, it's got a shelf life. But they are doing their best the
1: best they ca- the best they can with it and it has been rather enjoyable. Drake Maverick and Our Truth have been absolute comedic gold throughout this entire process. And that is not something that can be neglected.
0: That's my number 2. Fair enough. 24/7 title just kind of just existing in this abyss filled yeah. thing of hey let's do something on tv for 10 minutes right like again they've had cool ideas yeah. like people being locked in an elevator with the 24 7 champion but there's no ref yep that's cool that's, that's different it's funny all the all the shenanigans on the airplane with just, with I mean, with gender and our truth that was cool course. the golf course was the funny. golf again if yeah. you have the right things yeah. and it's timely and it's funny our truth getting put on a plane in a box to la now by the way i just said funny and a title i understand that but w- but when you're telling me that this is not a, to be taken this, seriously. this is just a shenanigans title then yeah do weird okay Remember the 24/7 title when Crash Holly was the 24/7 champion and the Main Street, Street Posse, champion? yes. Yeah. And the Main Street Posse were chasing him everywhere. Yeah. It was in an airport, they were in a ball pit at like a children's playground yeah. thing, they were in a hotel room, you know, just stuff like that. If you're going to say it's zany and crazy and just, you know, over the top absurd, then just treat it that way. I get you. Without I'm... the whole 10 people running around everywhere trying to chase people. That's dumb. That's my number two.
1: Fair enough. So, I talked about Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, being the main event segment on Monday Night Raw at the Raw reunion, right? Mm -hmm. There was a match on TV on Monday night that ended in a no contest. Between the two best wrestlers this company has to offer. And it ended in a no contest because Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson couldn't stay off of Seth Rollins, and it forced Paul Levesque and Michael Hickenbottom to come out on stage and then bring out half of the Legends roster and even get a China mention, all because they wanted to get DX on TV. First of all, I'm a huge fan of DX. I don't even have a problem that they were on TV because if you're going to go ahead and have the legends on TV, DX. And by the way, this is actually okay with me because it's intertwined into a current storyline as opposed to it just completely overshadowing everything else that's going on. You incorporated Seth Rollins, you incorporated Styles in the club. Every everybody's still involved. Like the main the main focus is still Rollins and AJ. DX and and Triple H and everybody. They're they're the background players, shockingly enough. Roswell, AJ Styles and Seth Rollins is supposed to be a match of the year. I'm sorry, rivalry of the year candidate. They should have be they should have continued with the storyline and just push it to brand new heights. Yet it's on free freaking television and ending in a no contest. And Seth Rollins
0: is using it as a warm up.
1: Warm up, I'm off. I'm
0: off. Don't, don't, don't worry. I'm not blowing up. No, it's so okay. Actually, neither of our mics were on, so somebody had to hear something. Okay. Uh-huh. A warm-up.
1: hmm For Brock Lesnar.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He's using the United States champion, the best wrestler in the world, mm-hmm. as a warm-up for Brock Lesnar.
0: What does that tell you about the United States title?
1: That doesn't tell me anything about the United, United States title. It tells me that it's bull, and it tells me that... I don't know how many times I have to say this in order for it to get into people's minds. AJ Styles Mm -hmm. is the best wrestler in the world. Correct. He should not be considered a warm-up for Brock frickin' Lesnar. I agree. Use somebody else as a warm-up for Brock Lesnar. You want to go ahead and use Apollo Crews as a warm-up for Brock Lesnar, that's fine. Mm -hmm. You want to use Shinsuke Nakamura as a warm-up, that's fine. Even though he's a champion now, too. Even though he's a champion right now, too, but you get what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Because that's still a test. True. It's still a test. True. You want to use Sami Zayn as a warm-up for Brock Lesnar, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Not AJ freaking Styles. And do not use the AJ versus Seth situation to put over... Degeneration X and the OC. Thankfully, and I read this very interesting report before we went on the air, X Pac, Hall, and Nash didn't want to bury the OC. Shout out to them for having that mentality because they should not be putting over the, the, the OC because the OC is going to be the next. Click right now that runs the show for the next six months as so they, it heals.
0: So they were okay burying the, the revival 11 on 2, but they're fine not burying the OC with three guys? I
1: don't want to get into that right now, but you have a I'm good point. I'm just saying. You have a good point. You have okay. a good point. My point is, though, the fact whoever decided to incorporate into the storyline and write this as part of the script that AJ Styles is a warm-up for Rollins to get to Blesner, should be fired immediately and never be allowed to work in television again. Please move on to your three. All right.
0: As I say on almost every one of these shows, but I feel like I have to reiterate this message. I'm a fair man. Yes, you are. Okay? I am also very consistent. Uh, Unfortunately, yes, you are. Okay. For those of you that do not know, I am counting down the days to which I hope to see Becky Lynch and Kofi Kingston lose their titles. Okay. Okay? I will actually give a ton of praise to the storyline they are building for their main feud on SmackDown. Get in there. All right. For those of you that do not know the story, Kofi Kingston in 2009 was an aspiring WWE superstar. An up and comer, if you will. He was also Jamaican. But was he Jamaican me crazy? I don't know. Now, he had a match with a certain superstar. Who a would, made man at this time. Oh, like uh probably well definitely definitely top, top five three, guys. He yeah. was
1: top three in the company.
0: Yes. And in some respects still kind of is. When it he, comes to the upper, upper echelon like leaders of that company when it comes to the superstar. Oh, put it to you
1: this way if Cena is rock,
0: Orton is Undertaker. That's at some level fair. He's because he's been around he's for that long. For
1: that long mm-hmm. and he's the and he's actually there more consistently.
0: So, Kofi Kingston cuts his promo, which I pretty much hate all of his promos. His boys are at the announce desk without their Scooby Doo gear on, which was weird to me because I thought Shawn Michaels was supposed to do commentary. And then the New Day came out and I was like, But where's their Scooby Doo announce set? So that was a little bizarre. So he's like, So um, I'm going to do a callback to like a thing that happened like 10 years ago because. Unfortunately, the state of SmackDown is the fact that apparently they don't know who they want Kofi Kingston to face in the ring. I, I, I hate to admit that, but that's kind of where they're at with this feud. Now, the person I am talking about is Randy Orton. So, Orton and Kofi had a match about 10 years ago where Kofi messed up something in the ring. Orton was very mad at him in the ring and was very vocal about it on live television. There are some people that will say that that moment basically made Kofi Kingston a mid Carter until whenever he won the championship, WrestleMania, so until four months ago. Yep.
1: And And to be fair, this was in the midst of Randy Orton's anger management tour.
0: Yes. So, if the idea is that Kofi is trying to prove himself... In the whole, hey, I was a mid-carder until four months ago, so now I have to basically beat all the guys that said I wasn't main event material? At some level, this makes sense. Now, eventually you're going to run out of those guys because there were guys that worked 10 years ago that have been out of the business for eight years. So that list is short. But if you're going to give me a feud for SummerSlam, for something for Kofi to do, That is not the same stuff they've been doing. That is not a feud that's totally out of nowhere, even though this is. This actually makes sense. Orton comes out, cuts his normal heel, I'm entitled Randy Orton promo, which he can basically use for the rest of his career, you know, because he was the man for a while. He was the youngest world champion for a while. That is actually still factual. I thought Brock Lesnar was younger than he was. Uh,
1: again, Brock Lesnar is the youngest WWE champion so of Orton's all time. So Orton's the youngest world, world heavyweight, heavyweight champion of all yes, time. Yes, at the age of 24. So
0: Brock beat Rock's record. That's correct. Because Rock was the youngest until Brock beat that it. That's correct. Okay. So Orton, okay, so then there you go. See, J-Man proving that he's the historian of this show. So Orton can always say that he was bread for greatness, which is why him being an evolution made all the sense in the world.
1: Yeah, he's the second ever th- he's the second ever third generation superstar, fu- um, first one being the Rock.
0: Yes. So, when you have Orton come out and cut a-, cut a good promo, you have Kofi cut a promo that makes sense for his character, even though I've not been a huge fan of the character, I will appreciate this promo. Unlike the other big feud on SmackDown which is well, uh, Ember Moon's on SmackDown, and Bailey doesn't have anything better to do, so we're just going to have them fight. That's not a feud. That's you having no idea what you're doing.
1: True that. And the booking of Ember Moon this week was very questionable.
0: Well, you could say that about, like, half the women's roster. Well oh, by the way, total side note, this is not part of my three. Here's what I'll say. Orton, Kofi, SummerSlam, the storyline, everything that's, you know, with all the history, great, loved it. Uh, I am very happy... To know that Mandy and Sonia may be getting a tag team title shot soon. Holler. I love that. I love it. Love it. Hey, maybe uh, maybe the Iconics will actually be on TV in a match, not against jobbers. That's my three for the week.
1: So um yeah, Ross, well you you took my three, you took my three. So I'm gonna, I mean, I can't. I'm not going to put our put our audience through the same old thing. I will tell you this. Randy Randy Orton and Kofi at SummerSlam, listen, let me tell you something. There's enough story here to make this match really, really good on top of the fact that these two are all-time greats. Kofi's incredibly athletic, and we all know Randy's one of the greatest of all time. And the story that's intertwined in all of this will, make, will propel this up higher above a lot of other things. Anywhere on the card at SummerSlam, but I'm not going to get into that. So I'm not going to make that my three. I'll revert to my backup, which is Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon. I know that you're not the biggest fan of this whole Kevin Owens situation because you're basically pissed off, and with every right that Kevin Owens is being presented as the as, the, as, as Stone Cold Steve Austin, and you keep saying. And I'm going to back you up on this. There's only one Stone Cold Steve Austin.
0: They tried it with Becky Lynch. They're trying it with Kevin Owens. Can we please stop having reverbs of Stone Cold Steve Austin? That's fair. The only one I accept is when Charlie Haas was dressing up as legends when he called himself Stone Cold Steve Austin because it's hilarious. Or when Sharkboy did the "Give Me a Shell, Yeah" from TNA that was backed up from Stone Cold Steve Austin. I do not need some next. Next, they're gonna have Owens coming out in a vest, and doing the swagger, and doing the stunner, and doing all the gestures. That's what's next. It's annoying. Please book him as
1: Kevin Owens. Well, here's the thing: his his promos are great enough that it's still all old school Kevin Owens. Without being TV 14, although I am really looking forward to if they go TV 14 for sure, Kevin Owens is going to go ahead and be so unfiltered, and it's going to be the greatest thing ever. That being said, that being said, Roman Roman and Shane was okay. It wasn't great, but it wasn't horrible either. The Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon though. 2.0, 2.0, because obviously we just saw this two years ago. But Shane McMahon was the face, and Kevin Owens was the heel. Oh my gosh, is this ten times better already than that? Just because Kevin Owens does the anti-authority so well, so well. Like he's he's this is what makes Kevin Owens so great. He's a great ass kisser, and then he's a great ass kicker. They're, they're two different things. When he was a heel, he was sucking up to to to, to Stephanie McMahon. He was sucking up to Triple H. You know, he's sucking up to the heel authority figures, right? Uh, I mean, he did it last year with Baron Corbin. He was fantastic when Baron Corbin was the, uh, the interim GM. He was wonderful. I remember remember when he complimented his head shaving. It was fabulous. Kevin Owens now is doing this whole, I'm not comparing them. I'm just going to go ahead and state a similarity. Kind of a very similar CM Punk. By the way, CM Punk returned to Monday Night Raw eight years ago, two weeks after the Money in the Bank uh, pay-per-view. Shout out to that piece of history because that's awesome. But Kevin Owens is kind of doing this whole thing where he's just anti-establishment and he's great at it. The only thing is that Shane McMahon, by the way, Botchamania Shane McMahon, best of the world. You can't, get, you can't even get your own title right, Shane. The hell. What in the hell? That being said, I'm actually genuinely, genuinely, genuinely looking forward to Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon at SummerSlam. Glad one person is. I am, and just it's because of KO's character work, right. not because of the Shane Heal uh, antagonistic son of a gun that just needs to go away.
0: All right, match segment show of the week. By the way, that is our three count for that the That is week. our three count. Match segment show of the week. Uh, it's very easy for me. Match of the week was... Uh, the opening tag on Raw. Really? Yeah. Okay. You wanna know why? Because it's theater. first of all, it was realistic. I mean, yes, John Cena opened the show. Yeah. I understand that, which I had no problem with. That little rap battle with the Usos was kind of fun. It was fine. Yeah. When you're telling me that Well I don't wanna I don't wanna be I don't wanna be too over the top when I say this. Okay. Wrestling-wise, that's probably the best the Revival have looked since their heyday in NXT. That's saying something. That's saying something given how they've been booked. Yeah, yeah. It is awesome to see one of the best tag teams in the world, the Usos. If you think they're the best, that's fine. I'm just saying one of because that's probably true. Against a team that, I don't know, has been really good for like three-plus years. That people have known about, but they've never really been treated like they're top guys. By the way, anyways, to, to, to coin a phrase. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, and and shout out to them because the Usos had Rikishi in their corner. Mm-hmm. The Usos had
0: Devon Dudley in theirs. That was very weird. I do know that uh, they did invite, actually, they couldn't get Bubba Ray because he works for, uh, what is Ring it, Ring of, of honor. honor? Yeah. So they couldn't get. Bubba Ray or Bully Ray, whatever. Although Rob Van
1: Dam was on WWE programming when he is signed by Impact. That was very interesting.
0: I'm guessing what happened was because he's not actually been signed with them for that long. I'm guessing what happened was he probably went to TNA and said, I really want to still do this. It's one night and I'm not going to do anything physical. Yeah. And they probably cleared it.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Bret Hart was invited and so was JR. And so, they both politely declined. Apparent, Sorry, well, carry
0: on. Well, Jr. Of course, because he's yeah. with AEW. Bret Hart. EW... The last two times he's been on wrestling shows, he got attacked by a fan, and he and he fell off the stage at AEW.
1: Yeah, he doesn't need to be anywhere near a yes. wrestling show right now. But Jr. By the way, Mister Khan actually. So reports say Mister Khan was totally okay with it, I... a- and Jr. Just had a respect for AEW, politely declined it. And you know what? Res- respect, respect to Mister Khan, respect to Jr. Sure. Yeah.
0: So my match of the week is the Usos versus the Revival from Raw this week.
1: Um, Good shout. A little bit surprising, but good shout. I really liked Apollo Crews and Shinsuke Nakamura on SmackDown this week. That
0: was an underrated match.
1: It really was. Shout out to, first of all, two shout outs here. Apollo Crews looked wonderful. Like, he hasn't looked that good since NXT. He's He's,
0: he's really good. He's in the ring. always been good. Yes, he has. He's just kind of not been taken seriously yeah, ever.
1: Absolutely, and then it doesn't help when you go for a, uh, what what does he call that that move when he the the, the, the same power the the same like drop move that uh, Samoa Joe does that you run and then you the
0: uh, you mean the running senton?
1: Yes, the running senton. Thank you very much. It doesn't help when. Braun Strowman kicks you out of midair when you go on and hit <laughs>
0: Well, it is Braun Strowman. It is
1: Braun Strowman, yes. Mm-hmm. But that being said, Apollo Crews, Shinsuke Nakamura looked awesome in this match. There was a moment that he hit this like sliding German suplex that looked fire. Mm-hmm. And the Kinshasa is still one of the most protected moves in all of world wrestling entertainment. It's good. It's fantastic. So Shinsuke Nakamura versus Apollo Crews is my match of the week.
0: Uh, my segment of the week, I already mentioned because it was part of my three count. I will say the entire promo between Kofi and Randy Orton from SmackDown this week gets my nod for segment of the week. It was a nice callback to something that happened 10 years ago. It's all about consistency. Um, I actually wish they would have shown clips. Oh, yeah. Um, I understand why they didn't, but if you're making it part of the story. I think, it, I think it'll happen
1: at some point. I, um, I would have done case. that.
0: Um, if you know anything about Randy Orton for as much of a bad rap as he gets, I guarantee you that he probably went to either Hunter or Vince or Kofi or all three of them and said, uh, this has been a long time coming. You are now a main eventer. Or at least you are right now. And it's time for us to do this. Absolutely. Because he's shown that he's been able to put over guys. He's,
1: he's very mature. I don't think, Randy Orton doesn't get credit for the amount he's matured over the last 15 years.
0: Look, I've said this before, I have the, he has my respect for putting over Mark Henry during his main world title push. Yep. After years and years of him never being at that level.
1: Putting over Jinder Mahal. And then also putting over
0: Jinder Mahal when the company was really trying to push something totally different and totally outside of the box. And Randy Orton stepped up to the plate. Absolutely. Other than dropping the Singh brothers right on their heads.
1: Right. Only one of them, actually. First of all. (laughs) Second of all. uh, and, And by the way, Randy also deserves all the credit in the world for going ahead and letting Brock Lesnar bust him open
0: in new york city true story yeah um, so that's my segment of the week was the promo uh between uh, kofi and randy orton on smackdown
1: so there was a, a segment that i genuinely like that's not that the, the, that was uh miss tv on tuesday i genuinely like that but it's not my segment of the week i'm going to go also with kofi and randy you just took it from me darn it ross i mean this is this is the feud that's going to define Kofi Kingston's reign as WWE champion. I genuinely believe that. Um, they just have to go ahead and do right by it and they have to let Kofi and Randy have a really good match at SummerSlam. If they let them do that, this is going to be the feud that defines his title run win or lose. Just telling you that right now. If they let him do that, they'll be ju- just fine. So Kofi and Randy gets my nod for segment of the week.
0: Show of the week. This was tough. I hated Raw. Yep. Uh, again, my match of the week was on Raw, and I hated the rest of it. Yep. Well, okay, I'll be fair. There were parts of it that were funny. There were parts of it that were good. I did laugh when Charlie Caruso and The Godfather were hanging out. That was hilarious. Uh, but Raw mostly was just a waste. Um, I call you a SmackDown apologist. I do. And I probably still will. <laughs> Honestly... And again, perhaps this is me just becoming so biased to certain things on certain shows that I just like every week. Two hundred five live was the show of the week this week. What the hell? I'm sorry. Look, when you okay, first of all, uh, Lucha House Party was back on two hundred five right live there. this week. I they give a damn- that was awesome. And uh, all right, I'm
1: sorry. Shout out to Grand Metalik and, Lute, and Lisa Dorado.
0: And Nicolisto. look, anytime I get to see Drew Gulak wrestle on television, it's a win. Anytime I get to see, oh, by the way, Drake Maverick's promo at the beginning of the week or at the beginning of the show was pretty good because he's going to have a match next week against Canellis. I'm really looking forward to that. So just top to bottom, there's not a lot of wasted time. There's there's usually good wrestling on the show. They usually focus in on one or two storylines, which they did. By the way, there are some weeks 205 live is horrible, but lately they've been doing a really good job because it's simple and it's easy. Trust me, there are weeks I wish NXT was the best show every week. There are weeks I wish Raw was the best show of the week and SmackDown, I wish. But I can't say that when top to bottom and I do all my checklists every week, show of the week's 205 Live. So for those of you that don't watch 205 Live, can you just listen to Boss Ross over here and just watch? I've been telling maybe? you to listen to people, for people to listen to you. 205 Live, show of the week.
1: <sighs> I'll tell you what the show of the week was, Ross. Well, would you like to know, what do you think it was for me? You're going to be like, huh? Oh, it was Smackdown because you're a Smackdown apology.
0: No, you're, you, actually, you probably really liked Raw.
1: No. <laughs> The hell out of here! No, Do, did I did I enjoy Kelly Kelly being the twenty four seven champion for about six minutes? No,
0: sure. knowing you, you probably picked NXT.
1: I hate you. I hate you so much. Why? Because you know me way too well, and it's very irritating. Because you took my three counts, all of them. You took my segment of the week. Now you, you're taking my show of the week.
0: Because yes, it was NXT. You, you let me go first this week. Actually, I pretty much took the reins. You did take the not reins. the Roman Reigns though.
1: That joke. <laughs> has not got over as well. As I don't care it if does. it doesn't get over. I'm going to say it every week. <laughs> it was NXT. There was a lot of things that happened on NXT that were very, very fun, that were very, very cool. You had Katie Catanzaro versus Io Shirai. And then, of course, um, Candice LeRae got herself involved. There was the uh, breakout tournament matches, which were very, very good, of course. Um Your boy Pete Dunne came back to NXT and we got a triple threat match for the North American title at TakeOver Toronto between Dream, Strong, and Dunne. And then two of the three stipulations were named for the two out of three falls match in Toronto between Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano. As of right now, we have a straight up wrestling match as one fall. And then the second fall is going to be decided under street street fight stipulation. The only thing is now we're waiting for that third stipulation. I'm curious
0: what it's going to be. Okay, so perhaps I missed. Yeah. So I saw Gargano pick Street Fight. Yes, Cole picked
1: the wrestling match, the just, regular wrestling. Just a, what? Okay. Pinfall submission. So
0: I must have just missed that then. Yeah. Okay, so I'm under the impression that they're going to do a segment where neither of them can can agree on the third match, and it'll
1: be um, and it'll be
0: Regal's choice to pick the match.
1: Yes, and I have a feeling that that third third stipulation will either be one of two things. Okay? Either it'll be a ladder match with I think which I think would be perfect or they're going to do a steel cage. Cuz I don't think that they're going to do a hell in a cell match because I don't think that you can just do 10 minutes worth of hell in a cell.
0: Well, unless well, especially since the first, well, no, I guess they haven't said what the first fall is even though Gargano went first, they did not say the first fall was going to be a street fight.
1: Yes, and I'm and you would think that the most logical thing to do would be a straight-up wrestling match first and then move to the street fight because the animosity gets built up even more and the physicality.
0: So I guess my question is, how do you go from a street fight to a cage match?
1: Well, the same way that in Three Stages of Hell in 2002, Triple H and Shawn Michaels went from a street fight to a steel cage to a ladder match. That's what they did. That
0: seems backwards. They should have done. They should have done ladder match
1: to. Well, the ladder match. Remember, the title is up, up.
0: The... Actually, what they should have done is they should have done the cage match first.
1: I, it might have been that, and way. then
0: do the, the street, fight, street fight, and then do the ladder match. Well, the
1: ladder match is what ended it. I just can't remember the, the order of the other two. But okay. as of right now, essentially, they have two stipulation, stipulations out of the three. We're waiting. We still got three more weeks. And for NXT Toronto, I almost I accidentally muted myself there. Um, all in all, and then again, the two breakover, mm. the breakout tournament matches, uh, I think NXT was the, match, was the show of the week.
0: Fair enough. That is our match segment show of the week. We have a top five of our SummerSlam matches Woo-wee! from the last 10 years. Oh, yeah. Being 08 to 18 because 19s has not happened yet, that kids. I will tell you. Tell me, sir. There were a lot of really weird SummerSlams over these last ten years.
1: There was a couple, yeah. Especially the 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 beginning
0: I can tell you right now.
1: The beginning end of the, the the beginning of the decade was a little rough.
0: I can tell you right now, there was a couple of these shows that I would actually not mind watching again.
1: That you would not mind do watching mm-hmm. or you would mind watching.
0: No, as a whole, they were they were they were good main events.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, we did not specify that these had to be main events. We just said the best matches of SummerSlam for the last 10 years. For sure. All right, I went first, so I'm actually going to let you go first. Oh,
1: okay. Shout out to you, man. Thank you.
0: So, uh, we're going go to go 5-1. to Three count, we went 1-2-3. We're going go to go 5-1. to Yep. As per usual, J-Man and I have not discussed anything involving this list other than... I did ask him earlier how many matches involved Triple H. <laughs> because, I'm sorry, in fact, your boy Triple H. I was I was hoping to get an answer that would drill him into a couple of his picks, but he wasn't that specific. So, we'll see. I didn't think we'll he want me to be. Okay.
1: Um, first of all, let me go ahead and just get these two honorable mentions out of the way. Oh, I'm not going to go into no. detail. I'm not going to go into detail. I'm just going to go ahead and say that I have two honorable mentions. One, Brock Lesnar versus The Undertaker at SummerSlam 2015 was a fire match. don't care what anybody says about that ending. That match was dope. And then the other honorable mention was, I cannot believe that I'm saying this, but it was CM Punk and John Cena at SummerSlam 2011 with Triple H as a referee. Yes, I said it. There we go.
0: That was the match in which uh, Punk...
1: Alberto Del Rio cashing on CM Punk afterwards, yes.
0: Right, but leading up to that... Punk was champion. That's correct. Cena had won a tournament to be the champion, and then that was the match to unify the titles. That
1: is correct. It wasn't necessarily a tournament, but yes. It was like uh, interim championship, if you will.
0: Well, remember... was that the Was that the tournament where Ray and Miz wrestled and Ray won, and then Ray wrestled Cena and Cena beat him, and then Cena wrestled Punk and Punk beat him? Yeah, that
1: is correct, but Cena wasn't part of any tournament. Cena just got a title. title well, because
0: he had lost out. the title, so they yeah, basically so he, just made him the number one contender yeah. to the tournament interim. It was it was bizarre. Look, if Punk hadn't come back like two weeks, two weeks later,
1: it, again, it would have been a eight lot. Years today.
0: <sighs> Money in the Bank, 2011, one of the greatest pay-per-views of all time. Absolutely. So here's my number five. All right.
1: Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns versus Samoa Joe versus Braun Strowman in a fatal four-way match for the Universal title at SummerSlam 2017. Roswell, don't look at me that way. That match was fire. Get in there.
0: Okay. So just for the record, I don't mean to step on your list. Not at all. I had to make sure that this was not the match where the funniest spot of all time happened. No, it was
1: not, because that spot happened on a Raw.
0: The spot I'm talking about, of course, is uh, Braun Strowman throwing a chair from the announce desk and hitting Roman Reigns flush in the face. I think
1: that was a last-man-standing match that they had on Monday Night
0: Raw. And I believe that was two weeks before that pay-per-view. Yes. So, it is that time frame of, like, when Braun Strowman was on the verge of being, like, mega Braun Strowman. He
1: was Actually... See he a heel during that time? He was on the verge of turning babyface. He finally turned babyface that October at TLC.
0: Please push Braun Strowman as a world champion. <laughs> I say that every week on this show. Uh, yes, By please. the way, if you're looking for the uh, gif or the video, just type in Braun Strowman throws chair at Roman Reigns. It never, ever, ever gets old. It's mm. hilarious every time. Absolutely. I yeah. want it on my phone. I want to watch it right now.
1: I will all right, say. so so yeah. so
0: so that's your number five. It's Roman, Joe, Strowman, and Brock from SummerSlam 2017.
1: Yeah, that match was dope as all can be. Okay, yeah.
0: I don't mean to rush you. I was just making sure because I kind of stepped all over. Absolutely, you there. all good. All right. Well, since you had an honorable mention, I guess I'll have one too. Please go ahead. It's the same one you picked, Punk and Cena. So good. The uh, SummerSlam 2011 match, Here's which the thing. Uh, your boy Triple H was the uh, special. Th- guest The referee.
1: problem with that match is the fact that there is no problems except.
0: That the first one was just better. Actually, did, did you have two? Or did you I have I had one? two honorable mentions, yeah. Okay, I said Undert-
1: I said Undertaker and Brock Lesnar. Oh,
0: okay. All right, fine. I'm going to shock you with this one. Okay. Uh, Rollins and Cena from 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 SummerSlam 15. The unification, or not the unification match, but the title for title match. What is wrong with you? Honorable mention. What the hell's wrong with That was the US and WWE World Heavyweight title match. That was during the time when uh, Sting was around and there was a statue of Seth Rollins. Honorable mention.
1: I cannot believe that that is. He's
0: probably going to pick it as his number one because his boy, Seth Rollins, is in the match. All right, my number five, as I had to whittle this down, I really hated the ending of the match. Now, I'm going to be a total hypocrite here because I've said before that I have liked matches and hated endings, which has made me hate the match. Yeah. However, as a match, as the ending of a storyline... Team WWE versus Team Nexus from SummerSlam 2010 oh, makes my, my list.
1: Lord. What?
0: Makes my list.
1: You have got to be kidding me. Oh.
0: In 2010, there was a rogue group called the Nexus that was taking over WWE. And the WWE, led by John Cena and like two other people, in fact, I believe the two people were John Morrison and R. Truth, of all people.
1: Uh, Y2J and Edge were also on that
0: group. Yes, but they were heels yes. until like a week before this match. Yeah. And then because... Bret Hart
1: was on that team until Daniel Bryan made his return.
0: Correct. So this was the match that everybody thought, oh, Nexus is gonna win. And as a storyline of, you know, everything with, you know, Cena getting fired and joining Nexus. And if it was the culmination of the story of the invading group getting beaten by WWE. This is how it had to end. Plus, we got to see Daniel Bryan come back because he was part of Nexus, and then he was part of Team WWE as I moved my mic all over the place. As a feud ender at a big pay-per-view, yeah. this is my number five match. Interesting. So, uh, would you like to
1: know a very interesting piece of information of that match?
0: That you that you decided to pick all the matches that I just picked here on, on your list? No,
1: no, no. I'm going to talk about the Team WWE versus Team Nexus match. So... Uh, Edge and Y2J were trying to talk Cena out of ending the match the way that he decided to end it, because I think he made everybody and their mother tap out in that match and just make him look super weak. I think he won like being the only one left against three members of the Nexus. Um,
0: Oh, by the way, they've said ad nauseum, Jericho and Edge have both said this, that Cena changed the ending of the match.
1: Yes, that's what I was actually about to say.
0: In which he was going to get DDT'd on the floor, on the concrete, by Wade Barrett. And then he, Barrett, and um, what is the other guy's name?
1: It was, um, there was Heath Slater and...
0: Justin that, Gabriel. Justin Gabriel, thank you. That uh, Gabriel and Barrett were going to survive because they were going to beat. Right. Or or something where, like, Gabriel would lose and then Barrett would end up winning out that of That is it.
1: correct. So that being said, um, Cena changed that. And because of that, Cena... This is just a rumor. I don't know how accurate this is, but Cena then lost every year at SummerSlam for the next six years as a way of basically kind of paying back what happened at SummerSlam 2010. So he lost to Punk in 2011. He lost a Triple Threat and Triple Threat in 2012. He lost in 2013, 14, and 15, and 16. He lost all of his much matches at SummerSlam. That's that's an interesting story. I don't know how factual it is, but I was just a very interesting tidbit of information that I wanted to offer to you, especially after having paid that uh, that tag team matches. Your number five, my number four, sir, is John Cena versus Daniel Bryan at SummerSlam two thousand and thirteen.
0: Excuse me. What? That's your number
1: four That's match? My number four. Yeah. What the four? hell? Four. You just picked. Four. You just picked five Team WWE as Team Nexus. Don't that was you, a great match. You left out John Cena and Seth Rollins to put in Team WWE versus Team Nexus. Are you kidding me? Are you high, Ross?
0: I don't even know what to say to you, right now. I don't now. know what to
1: say to you. Yes. Uh, I don't even Daniel know what to say Bryan to you. Daniel right Bryan versus now. John Cena at SummerSlam 2013. You put four. 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 Cuatro. Cuatro, cuatro. I am disgusted.
0: I'm disgusted
1: with you disgusted at the fact that you left you. out the other two matches out of your top five for Team X and Team WWE. Are you crazy? Any hoozle, John Cena versus Daniel Bryan for the WWE title with Triple H as special guest referee, that match was fire, but it was in fire as my other three on my list, sir.
0: Okay. Okay. Okay.
1: I, I'm, I cannot believe. Team WWE versus right. Team Nexus? Are you kidding me?
0: All right, number four on my list is the universal title match from SummerSlam 17 between uh, Roman, Joe, Strowman, and Brock. And Good I shout. normally hate Brock Lesnar matches. That but, match was uh, fire. That match was great. Yep. Uh, it's probably the last time Joe was actually positioned in a spot where you know he was actually treated as like main event talent. Absolutely. Um, he looked
1: like a million bucks in that match. And by the way, for those of you who didn't know, Roman Reigns took a clean pin in that match. He did. After he did. an F five.
0: He sure did.
1: Which is shocking.
0: Uh, for that storyline, because you wanted to protect Strowman. Yeah. And because Joe was just lost at Great Balls of Fire. That's correct. Yeah. So it actually makes sense for Roman to take the pin absolutely. there. Absolutely. Especially if the storyline is Roman's gonna beat him. Yes. It only took him three years to do it, but it yeah. Took him one year
1: exactly from that point. You're yeah.
0: absolutely correct.
1: Okay, All right.
0: so so that's my number four. I'm, right. I'm just going to make it uh, quick and dirty on that one.
1: Fair enough. My number three is John Cena versus Seth Rollins at SummerSlam 2015. You, you – I can – I'm so mad that this is not in your top five. It was a
0: winner-take-all match, by the way. That match was dope
1: as all can be. By the way, just really quickly, I forgot to mention that John Cena versus Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan won. Obviously, got cashed in on by by Randy Orton after Triple H pedigreed him in the middle of all the right, ring. All
0: right, timeout. Yep. Was this the match where Rollins broke his nose?
1: No. this uh, The broken nose was like four weeks prior.
0: This was when okay.
1: John... um <sighs> what's his name john brad Layfield. no not john brad frillyfield <laughs>
0: um
1: comedy central
0: john stewart john stewart got involved hit um yeah i knew i didn't like that match for a reason yeah because john, john stewart, stewart beat john cena
1: john stewart brought in a chair hit john cena in the back and his excuse was he didn't want to see john cena beat rick flair's 16 world record uh, 16 world championships because he loves rick flair
0: yeah i knew it was off my list for a reason
1: yeah i mean that Okay, you take that away and remember the fact that Seth Rollins dressed up as the White Power Ranger in Brooklyn had everybody on his side and put on a hell of a show against John Cena. This match was dope as all could be. Um, I mean, it was amazing. This match was truly, truly great. I really think that this
0: was one of the coming out parties for for Seth Rollins. I'm going to surprise you with my number three. All right. This match, to me... Changed SummerSlam as we know it forever. Uh, Yes, go ahead. John Cena versus Brock Lesnar from SummerSlam 2014.
1: For a man who says he doesn't like Brock Lesnar, this is now the other top five that we have done in a row that you include multiple Brock Lesnar matches in your top five.
0: Now, here's why. If you thought John Cena versus Brock Lesnar in 2014 was going to be A colossal beatdown of epic proportions in which golden boy John Cena was going to get his ass kicked for the entire match. You would have laughed at me. 16 minutes, by the way. That was. 14
1: German suplexes.
0: That was the match where, I'll say it, that's where Suplex City was born. That is where annoying heel... Brock Lesnar, never on TV. That's where that character was born.
1: Which is so funny because he had a massive face turn at WrestleMania. yeah.
0: But But this is Golden Boy. Absolutely. And by the way, that's not, I mean, I do love John Cena, but that's the character. That's what they're going to turn Roman Reigns into. In fact, they pretty much already have. Especially, I hate saying this, but it's the truth. Especially with all the cancer stuff now. Very much so. So. You want a match that makes... Okay, when you think of big-time main events, boxing, UFC, right? You think of the star attractions. You think of memorable moments with memorable people. Yep. You will never, ever forget Brock Lesnar beating the hell out of John Cena at SummerSlam. Absolutely. You'll never forget it. You're right. However, it's only my number three, which is shocking because I actually think my number two might surprise you even more.
1: I, I am really nervous about a couple of things on your list, but I'm just going to just keep going. My number two, sir, is a match that I will forever say is Brock Lesnar's best match of all time. And Brock Lesnar has some serious classics that we need to recalibrate our minds to. But when you really think about it, this match that I'm about to mention is his greatest match ever. It is Brock Lesnar versus Chick Magnet Punk at SummerSlam 2013 in Noah all Bard match. I don't know how else to explain this. I know that this is an overrated word on this podcast. Look at me straight in the eyes when I tell you, Ross, well, I don't care that that, that this word is overrated. This match is so fire that it probably could have gotten away with main eventing SummerSlam, even though John Cena and Daniel Bryan did That's how good this match was. This match was Brock Lesnar at his absolute best. This match was CM Punk at truly his best. Like, CM Punk hadn't been this good since the Money in the Bank match with John Cena two years prior. That's how good this match was. And you've got Paul Heyman in the background, almost taking a go to sleep. Um, You've got legitimate chair shots like crazy from Brock Lesnar to CM Punk. The great thing about this match is everybody seems to forget, hey, guess what? Punk and Brock, actually pretty good friends outside. That's why they were able to go ahead and get away with the things that they did because they trusted each other. That's what happens when you're both Paul Heyman guys. This match truly is... Truly special. 25 minutes of absolute awesomeness. You watch it, Ross. It doesn't feel like 25 minutes because it's so fast-paced. It's so action-packed. This match, so damn good. This match. It's a travesty that this match didn't win match of the year in 2013. It's a travesty because this match was truly ridiculously good. I I, I can't remember what. I think I think it was Cena and Brian. Uh, Cena and Brian. Which is perfectly fine because it's a great match. It truly is. It, I think it's. A, I think some people who have watched this pay per view will go ahead and do a toss up and try. It, it's a toss up. Some people think it's Cena Bryan. Some people think it's Punk. Proc- excuse me, Punk Brock. I think it's Punk Brock the, as the best match of this pay per view. It was. It was so good. So good. That is my number two. CM Punk versus Brock Lesnar, No Holds Barred, SummerSlam 2013.
0: All right, my number two. Is a match from one of my favorite performers from not only WWE, uh-huh. but his run in TNA.
1: Hold on for one second. You're really going to tell me that this is the match that you put at number two?
0: Yes, it is. You,
1: are, I, I am so angry with you right now. It's okay. It's fine. I, I, I you're still right. my friend. But I just, I cannot uh,
0: believe you're going to put it this low. Number, n- number two on the list is uh Randy Orton and Christian's no holds barred match from SummerSlam 2011.
1: That's not even the match I was talking about. Nope. Okay, so then then the match is clearly your number 1 then. All
0: right. It better be. Go so on. Christian had a very interesting singles career in WWE. That's an understatement. Okay. He probably should have been much higher on the card than he was. He went to TNA and immediately became the main eventer he always wanted to be. Then he came back to WWE, and again, he was pushed at a certain level, but he was never really treated as the guy. Like, yes, he had a really good feud with Randy Orton that lasted a long time that at the time I absolutely hated, and now now I look back on it and I'm like, wow, I was dumb for hating that. Classic. So, when you take a look at the best singles matches – Christian has ever had, outside of his match with Jericho at 20, this is probably the best match he's had. This is also
1: one of Randy Orton's classics.
0: Now, uh, this was the pay-per-view after Christian won the title because Orton punted him in the junk because that was a, hey, if Orton uh, gets disqualified, he loses the title. Right. Christian
1: spit on his face.
0: So we had a no-holds-barred match. Now, remember, this is a PG era in which... These two basically like hit each other with everything. It was a brutal, brutal match. I
1: think uh, Randy ended it with an RKO on the steel steps. He did. Yeah.
0: So, encompassing the entire feud. Yeah. Encompassing the fact that you have two great workers. Encompassing just everything dealing with... The awesomeness that was 2011. By the way, there was another thing going on in 2011, I don't know, with a guy that was, I don't know, throwing pipe bombs. That was the same year. Yep. That this feud and this match were going on. It encapsulated the entire thing of the feud, the match. Again, I like feuds that escalate. We got up to this fact where this was the, okay, now we're just going to beat the hell out of each other.
1: It was a great match.
0: And that was the culmination, and that's why it's my number 2.
1: <sighs> All right. Well, I'm a little bit petrified to know what your number 1 is. But it's fine. It's okay because if you don't put it on your number 1, I mean, it's it's fine. It'll be the first time that we've disagreed on a top 5 in a long time. All right. My number 1 is what happens when you take the best rust, the biggest superstar of a generation and you put him against the best wrestler of that generation. Okay? So you
0: 2016.
1: So for those of you who don't, I knew it. I for knew those, it. I mean, here's the thing though, Ross. Like, how could you not pick this as your number one of the last 10 years at SummerSlam? This match is amazing. It's not fire. It caused forest fires. It's volcanic. The match I am speaking of, ladies and gentlemen, is Jonathan is John Felix Anthony Cena versus Alan Jones, Mr. AJ Styles, Mr. The Real Best in the World at SummerSlam 2016. Watch this match, ladies and gentlemen. Then come back to me and tell me, Jorge, what did you just put us through? And I'll tell you, I put you through 21 minutes of absolute awesomeness is what I put you through. This is the best match of SummerSlam in the last 10 years. This might be in the top three greatest SummerSlam matches of all time. This is going to go into the catalog. Actually, this is in the catalog of John Cena and AJ Styles in their top five matches, period. Their last two matches in their feud are in the top five of their entire catalogs, period. If you don't think that their Royal Rumble match was just as good, if not better, you're wrong. You're dead wrong. Their SummerSlam match was such an improvement from Money in the Bank. And by the way, Their money in the bank match was dope as all can be. That match was awesome, but what makes this match super special is that AJ Styles went over clean, clean as a whistle over John Cena. And then it forced John Cena to leave his armband in the ring. It's basically what changed the entire complexion of how we know John Cena at this point. After this moment, John Cena said, I am leaving everything here, and AJ Styles is now the new standard bearer of WWE going forward. That was basically the passing of the torch. John Cena passed two torches on in 2016 and 2017. 2016, he passed the torch to AJ Styles as the, basically the measuring stick of WWE. And in 2017, he passed the torch to Roman Reigns as the face of WWE. The only thing is that AJ Styles, for about a year, was telling everybody that he was the real face that was running the place. And guess what? I don't disagree with him. With all that being said, AJ Styles, John Cena, SummerSlam 2016, Brooklyn, New York, Barclays Center, 21 minutes. Get in there, get some, take it. You'll love it.
0: We have different number ones. You, you No, it's okay. The level but No, but it's not though because the level of
1: disrespect for you not even having this as an honorable mention, let alone putting not putting this in your top it's 5 on my
0: piece of paper. It wasn't mentioned. Let me tell you something right now. Uh if we look back at SummerSlam 2017, there were two absolutely unreal tag matches on that show.
1: Yes, there were. Oh my god. And those
0: Oof. do not even make my list. Oof.
1: I mean, you got, let me be the first one to tell you, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose versus the bar at SummerSlam mm-hmm.
0: 2017.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <sighs> what about, uh, what about, uh, the new days
1: in the Uso was, and the Usos were,
0: <laughs> let's not forget, Ace. uh, Finn and Seth for the universal oh title in 16, unbelievably good. Let's not forget, uh, Hardy and Punk TLC from 09. Let's not forget about that. Or, uh, I don't know. One of Roman Reigns best matches ever at 14 against Orton. How about that? Absolutely, none great. of those made my list. No. Oh, by the way, shout out to Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose in that lumberjack match. That that was right. really good. There's only number one, and there's only one person, and there's only one place for it. I'm sorry, it's fine. But From a WWE cultural perspective to the storyline that dominated this year to basically making a new face of your company to having the biggest WrestleMania possibly of all time. With not one but two iconic moments at it that I was there live for. Actually, three. Yeah, I'm not counting the Triple H match. I know you want to, but I'm not. Sorry. Come on, man. He beat Triple H and, or I'm sorry, he beat Orton and Batista later that night. I'm that's, sorry. That's three iconic moments. I'm sorry. I'm gonna remember the Undertaker losing and Daniel Bryan winning. That's what I'm gonna remember.
1: And Cesaro going ahead
0: and throwing over the Big Show out of the ring. So, the number one match. Is Daniel Bryan versus John Cena.
1: I wholeheartedly disagree.
0: I'm sorry. It's okay. By the way, that's also also the running knee finisher for you right there. Against
1: Triple H, yes. um, No, I'm sorry. Yes,
0: against John Cena, yes. We had not seen that end of match until that match. That started the chain reaction of Triple H turning heel, Orton being the champion, the authority, the lead up to everything that happened before that WrestleMania, to Daniel Bryan become an absolutely megastar, John Cena passing the torch to Daniel Bryan. Yeah, sorry, this is the match, period. It encompassed everything you love about storylines and feuds and the entire package when it comes to WWE. It's the best SummerSlam match of the last 10 years, and it's not even close. Before we end this show, I want you to know
1: I'm not mad that this is your number one.
0: You're just mad that the other ones aren't on my list.
1: I'm mad. No, I'm not even. I'm not even mad at the fact that Rollins and Cena isn't on your list. (laughs) I'm not even mad at the fact that Nexus and versus Team WWE is on your list. I am pissed the hell off that you don't even have AJ Styles versus John Cena on your list.
0: It's on my. It's on my piece of paper. You didn't
1: even say it was your honorable mention. You said your honorable mention was CM Punk and John Cena. And what was the other one? And and John Cena versus Seth Rollins. Yeah. Those were your honorable mentions.
0: And those are good matches. That AJ Styles versus John Cena is better than. Let me tell you something right now. When I think of AJ Styles and John Cena, what do you think the first match I think of is? I understand. It's the Rumble
1: in 2017. Thank you. That's fine. But I'm sorry.
0: So I can't consider the, the second best match of their feud to be a top SummerSlam match. Can't do it.
1: Can't do it. Listen to yourself and you... ask yourself okay. how much sense that makes. Think of the
0: think of the theme that I went with for my top five.
1: I, th- please tell me what the theme was because I'm so flabbergasted. Okay, about everything from that's going on. from
0: five to one, I went with matches that impacted not only the competitors in the ring but the company.
1: Everything that I just said also impacted everybody. It's fine. Like Braun Strowman became a megastar. Um, Daniel Bryan became a megastar. All right, let's see. Rollins you... became a megastar. Punk and Brock put on a classic and it's in both of their top threes. Okay. And then S- Styles became the standard bearer measuring stick of WWE from John Cena.
0: Okay. Feud ender, feud ender, feud ender, feud ender, Roman losing clean in the middle of the ring.
1: Okay. I got a better one for you. Classic, 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 classic.
0: Okay. I don't give a damn. Classic, 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 classic. I can Stop. do this all day.
1: Okay, Team WWE versus Team Nexus is not a classic. It is. It's not. It's it a good match. Not. It's not. It's not that good. It's a good match. All right, Ross.
0: It's a good match. Whew. I want to repeat what I did last week. I love being right. I love being right. That's true. I Whew. do love it. What a show this was. Hey, this is why we don't talk about lists beforehand because then it doesn't influence the other person to change their list.
1: It's all good. I it's fine. It's fine. I'll be okay. I'll, I'll move on. Oh, I know you
0: soon. will be. Yeah. Yeah. You're wearing a pink shirt. You're fine. <laughs> it's fuchsia. It's pink. It's fuchsia. The point is that's why we love doing this. We love our uh <laughs> we love our debates. Uh, I'm sure there are those of you that agree with the J Man. There are those of you that agree with me.
1: I don't know if anybody agrees with you on that team W W W E versus. I'm so I'm sorry, I'm tired hey, It's a long day.
0: It's my list. Yeah. It impacted an entire year of programming that year. It's,
1: okay, that's fine. Yeah, that's just it's okay. Styles and Cena. It's a good match. No, it wasn't Ross. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't just a good match. It wasn't. It was a good match. All right, let's go ahead and uh, let's close this up really quickly.
0: The Double Turn podcast on Instagram. One and only J Man Nineteen. Yep. Ross the Real Boss Eighty Five. Yep. Boss Ross TDT on Twitter. J Man actually gets a Twitter account. He will announce it.
1: Maybe you should go ahead and post more on your Instagram
0: or, or Twitter or any or anywhere else. That I, would I be just, a great you know, idea. I could. Yeah. But you should you should you should chat at me every once in a while for those. So the fans, not you. I I, know. I talk I, to I, you I, a, regularly. This is the man that texts me, and if I don't text him back within five minutes, he freaks out and sends me a message on Instagram. Okay,
1: bull. 45 minutes. I waited for I would was working. I know you were working, but you have your phone right next to you and I'm trying to get Actually, your that's ass not true.
0: That's not true. It was in the other room charging.
1: Even worse. You. All right. It's okay. We got here. <laughs> I brought you Raising Cane's. It filled you up. You have your Coke. I now need to go because I got to drive to Mesa. You got to drive to where you got to go. And I need a Mountain Dew. Seriously.
0: All right. So uh, next week's show. We will probably have another SummerSlam themed top five. We're
1: going to do one more before our preview show. All right.
0: And then uh, we are going to have a whole list of shows here. We've got uh,
1: NXT Toronto. Oh, NXT
0: TakeOver Toronto, of course, SummerSlam. Uh, SummerSlam, there's like six matches already. I'm sure we'll have like 12 more.
1: That is correct. So as of right now, this is what the card is running down as. We got um, Randy Orton versus Kofi Kingston for the WWE Championship. Yep. We have Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins for the Universal title. Yep. Becky Lynch versus Nat- Natalia for the Raw Women's title. Bayley versus Ember Moon for the SmackDown Women's title. We have Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon. We have Bray, Bray Wyatt the Fiend versus Finn Balor. Am I missing anything else currently?
0: Uh, if Kevin Owens loses he quits
1: South thank you very much so yeah, that is it
0: That's your six matches as of now uh, I'm sure we will have other matches to announce uh, we'll have another G1 update next week absolutely there'll be more dates
1: potentially another imp- minute of impact
0: yes your moment of impact hopefully will be coming back next week yeah. as uh, there's there's plenty to talk about in that company we For just sure. we just end up not having time so I
1: just want to go ahead and give a quick shout out I gotta give a shout out Puerto Rico I stand with you. New day, just we'll move forward. It's a beautiful thing. I, I had to get that out there, man. I'm sorry. It was just. It's just. It's too emotional for me not to go ahead and mention.
0: It. It's a new day. Yes, yes it, it is. is. Shout out to PR. I love you so much. For the J Man, this is Boss Ross, and this has been the Double Turn Podcast. We will catch you on the flip side. Hashtag too sweet.